whether it's the good, the bad, or the ugly. Life has a way to dish out a handful of those to all of us in different measures. Fortunately, there are crazy people in this world, like yours truly, who bites back and also shows you the funny. Welcome to Doves and Eagles, your weekly pick-me-up-and-dust-me-off show that explores and unpacks life the way most of us can relate to. Filled with untold stories, inspiration, insight and motivation, it is my quest to equip every beautifully broken princess with a warrior queen attitude. I'm your host, Paula J. Let's find out how the cookie crumbles today. Hello, all my beautiful lovelies, and welcome to Doves and Eagles. This episode is going to be a bit longer than usual because I have a lot of ground to cover. First, I feel the need to apologize for being much, much later than I intended, but so much has happened since I recorded the last episode. Sometimes life gets in the way and our plans change in ways that we do not foresee. This has definitely been the case for me as I got violently ill after spending Thanksgiving in Illinois and for a few weeks I do not really recall much of anything, let alone being in a position to bring you anything worth listening to. We will get into all of that and more in a minute, but I want to take a moment to say thank you for being patient. I'm happy to be back in the saddle and the show goes on. Also, the rest of the circle of wellness will follow in due course, but I was led by the Holy Spirit to revisit the Doves and Eagles theme of the good, bad and ugly. And today we're diving into something ugly. Like most ugly things that happen sometimes, which usually come as an eye-opener, It took getting as sick as I was to receive a lot of insight and to come share some food for thought with you today. I was led to speak up about the hate, prejudice and division that is spreading throughout the world and our lives, unabated like a cancer. Sadly, more so today because of COVID. And I say this kind of tongue in the cheek and you'll soon find out why. It has become the new conditioned norm of the world we are living in, and God has something to say about that. I must say this beforehand. Not everyone will agree with what I am about to blurt out here today. Some may even never listen to me again, or I might get stoned and even cancelled in this new cancel culture society we find ourselves in. But I want you to hear me loud and clear. In the bigger scope of things, I don't care. And all of that expected negativity is perfectly okay because I have learned that when God calls me to action, I act. I have been given a task and I intend to complete it. I would much rather have the wrath of humanity come down on my head forever than to have the wrath of God descend upon me for one second. Period. So here we go. Let me share with you what transpired in my life over the past four weeks. As you may or may not know, Babes and I went to Illinois for Thanksgiving to spend time with his mother and some of his other family members. 
I have been accepted into this amazing family from day one, almost four years ago now. And yes, absolutely wonderful to see some precious faces that we haven't seen in almost a year. And to spend quality time together with some of the peeps that are close to our hearts. It was a wonderful few days. We had an awesome Thanksgiving dinner and I was super blessed to be the one to say grace this year. Just so many beautiful memories that I will cherish forever. The Friday after Thanksgiving, we hit the road early to come back to Ohio. And when we arrived home around 9pm after a 10-hour trip, man, this girl was properly pooped. I thought that I was more tired than I expected to be, but I wrote it off as a result of the long trip. The Saturday evening, I started feeling a bit off and I developed an annoying little cough. Nothing to write home about. This Sunday, I realized this tiredness is still hanging around. And with it being weekend and us not having anything major to do, I just kicked up my heels and I rested. A couple of other symptoms slowly kicked in, one after the other, but you know, I still was not concerned because I wasn't really feeling sick. But maybe that's because I have a different perception of being sick. Sick in my book means kind of knocking at death's door. And boy, did that one almost come back to bite me. I mean, I felt a little under the weather, but there was still nothing major in my book to be concerned about. The Tuesday morning, we received news that Babe's mom tested positive for COVID. And this is where it may start getting uncomfortable for some people. The thing is, I don't believe in all this COVID stuff flying around the news media. Because first of all, the original so-called COVID virus was never isolated to this day. It was admitted by the institutions that be... And as far as I'm concerned, you cannot get sick from something that cannot be proven to exist. On top of that, quite a while back, I took the time to make the effort of doing my own research about COVID and everything else that goes with it. I have a die-hard habit of not blindly believing everything I hear or read. As my grandfather once said, my child, don't. Don't ever, ever believe everything you see on TV or read in a newspaper. I now know he had every reason to put my little feet down that path. We should not believe everything our minds are being fed. We should use common sense to look into things for ourselves. That is why we have common sense in the first place. With all of that being said, it does not mean that there isn't something else that is causing people to get sicker with a flu, influenza or pneumonia-like illness than they normally would. And I will get more into this shortly. By late Tuesday evening, I knew I was sick. I had no taste, no smell. Between diarrhea and nausea, I battled to keep anything but liquids down. My breathing became very shallow. Not difficult, just shallow and quick. My body was aching in places I didn't know could ache. And I had this monstrous, excruciating headache. I have since learned it's called an ice pick headache. I've never had one before in my life. And I don't want one ever again. It is just extremely painful. 
above my right ear, slightly more to the back of my head than the side. Some ugly little gremlin was having a field day using a small square of my skull, apparently as his personal ice-pick practice board, constantly. And you know the little monster wouldn't go away either. I threw him with painkillers, anti-inflammatories, muscle relaxants, the whole toot that I could get my hands on in our emergency kit. But no, Ed had no intention of leaving. It was having fun. It actually got so bad that I was in tears a few times. My skull became so sensitive that my hair actually ached. I couldn't even think to bring a brush anywhere near my head. So I looked like probably, I don't know, one of these cartoon characters where it looks like they've put their finger in an electrical outlet and a plug or something. And the tiredness... Oh my gosh, it got way worse. I couldn't stay up. It was just impossible to stay vertical for longer than five minutes at a time. So instead of the normal variety, my daily dose of vitamin D3, zinc, vitamin C, magnesium, now became coupled with flu and pain medication and also my staple food. And just like that, like a flick of a switch, two plus weeks of my life disappeared that I will never get back. I remember very little of being awake. I vaguely recall moments speaking to my children in South Africa a few times. Babes sitting down on my bed asking, is there something I can do for you? Is there something I can bring you? I remember sliding down the stairs slowly on my backside because, you know, I was horribly scared I was going to fall. And then just, just having enough strength left to make it to the couch in the living room to continue sleeping. I have this thing that when I'm sick, I need to get up at least a few times a day, even if it's for short periods at a time, just to keep my body in motion and going. And yeah, unfortunately, that clearly didn't work out well for me. I had moments where my body ached so bad that I was truly willing to give it away for free just to get rid of the pain. I had moments where I cried out in agony, begging God for healing. I remember praying, and there was a fleeting moment that I thought I was going to return to South Africa in a body bag. If you get so sick that you start worrying you will not die, if anything, that is a clear indication of how much trouble your body is really in. And of course, I remember this awfully evil headache. Other than that, the rest is pretty much blank. I can probably remember five hours worth out of the two odd weeks that I was sick. It now seems kind of surreal, and I can only thank the Lord the worst is behind me. It's been around roughly ten odd days now since I started coming back to life, and I am nowhere near fully recovered yet. I realized that on Sunday when I took out two lightweight trash bags to the trash bin. They were filled with empty boxes that I cut up to make space in a portion of our basement for an office area. And let me tell you, it's about 100 feet, which is around 30-ish meters for my South African listeners, from the front door next to our driveway where the bin is and I had to stop five times trying to cover that space to catch my breath because it felt like I was carrying 200 pounds. That's about 90 kilograms. And it was just, it felt so heavy. 
and it took my breath out of me. Now, keeping in mind, I never had respiratory or breathing problems throughout this whole ordeal, except maybe for the shallow breathing. So feeling my lungs suddenly constricting like that with a little body effort is something I am busy looking into because I didn't like how I felt. So I find it a bit concerning. So no, I'm not fully there yet, but I am busy getting to where I'm getting to and that is all that matters. After the fogginess disappeared and I could actually sit up long enough without wanting to just fall over, God made me aware of a few pieces of scripture that led me to recording this episode. I am going to read them to you and then we're going to get into each one individually. The first one was Hosea 4 verse 6. It says, My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. Since you have rejected knowledge, so I will reject you from serving me as a priest. Since you have forgotten the instruction of your God, so also I will forget your children. Then at some point I got Isaiah 5 verse 20, which says, Doom to those who call evil good and good evil, who present darkness as light and light as darkness, who make bitterness sweet and sweetness bitter. And the last scripture that I got was 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 to 4, which reads, Understand that the last days will be dangerous times. People will be selfish and love money. They will be the kind of people who brag and who are proud. They will slander others and they will be disobedient to their parents. They will be ungrateful, unholy, unloving, contrary and critical. They will be without self-control and brutal and they won't love what is good. They will be people who are disloyal, reckless and conceited. They will love pleasure instead of loving God. Now look, let me be very honest with you. This, the, the combination, each scripture on its own is like a tap over the fingers. But the three of them together, the combo, it gave me cold shivers. And I knew God wants me to look into something so if I've never been tapped over the fingers, this combination does it well. So, okay, let's start with the Hosea scripture. My people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge. That was the first thing that hit me. And I thought, I'm not an expert, Lord, who will listen or care what I have to say. And then the second part of that scripture hit me. It doesn't matter. I had a very clear instruction to share knowledge. And if I fail or neglect that, God will reject me and my children. Now, I don't know about you, but I cannot have that happen. For no man or thing on earth. So, let me share with you what I believe I have to share. What do I think I had? Definitely not COVID. Because as I already said... I cannot have something that does not exist. I never set foot near a doctor. Yes, I'm pretty sure if I got tested with a test known to be defective, 
I would have tested positive to this thing that's being pushed down people's throats, causing panic, fear, and destruction everywhere. Now, why do I say a defective test? Well, if it can be used to test ordinary tap water and the test result comes up positive, yes, that's pretty much a defective test in my book, if nothing else could convince me. And I'm talking about the PCR tests. And if you don't believe me, use whatever search engine you feel comfortable in using. You will find it. But at the same time, let me warn you, you will also find a lot of references that it has been fact-checked saying it is not so. That's how the propaganda machine works. But I'm digressing. So, as a result of what I came up with in my own research, I don't trust everybody in the medical profession anymore. Isn't that sad? I was not interested in seeing a doctor or going to a hospital. I knew what the outcome was going to be. But I also knew God has my back. So I chose to fight off whatever I had that apparently has less than 1% chance of killing me with my own natural immunity. And at the same time, I trusted in my immune system to work the way God designed it to work. Yes, of course, there was help. Medication, like ivermectin, that is said, you know, it doesn't work. However, and this is the point where I'm risking getting cancelled. I do believe that a bio-weapon of some kind was manufactured in a laboratory in Wuhan, China. One that was very coincidentally patented before it was fired off on humanity. Now, if you didn't know, no natural virus that exists in the wild can be patented. Only man-made stuff can be. And what do you know? The SARS-CoV-2 virus is patented. Does that still sound natural to you? Go look it up. I'm not going to do the work for you. Go do your research. What I'm telling you is that because it is patented, it means somebody is making money out of it. That's how patents work. It's a business thing. It's a money thing. Don't take my word for it. Go do your research. I cannot stress this enough. You might be shocked at what you find, because I know I was. And I'm fairly open-minded about a lot of things. I am digressing, so let's move on to the Isaiah scripture. What is being called good that is evil? What is presented as light when it's from the darkness? What is bitter that is being made sweet? And here comes the arrows, all right at me. I know this, because this, people are going to hate me. That's okay. I'm talking about the jab. Let's call that ugly little thing exactly what it is. The jab, the shot, whatever works for you, because vaccine doesn't work for me. Not with my understanding of what the definition of the word vaccine means. Now, we need to get the terminology right. You know, when I first moved to the United States, terminology got me bad. It still does every now and again because, you know, we just express things different. Like, for instance, in South Africa, we're talking about the hood of the car as a bonnet. 
and the trunk is a boot. Now, a boot here is a shoe. In the accounting field, there was a lot of differences and I had to get, I had to adjust to that terminology. So to me, it's important that we get the terminology right here. But again, I'm, I'm digressing, so let's get back to the topic. I heard the powers that be want to redefine the word vaccine. It's going to be interesting to see what comes out of that. Now, let me also say this. I had several vaccines throughout my life, so please, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. Might have been different if I knew what was in there, and I had the choice as a small little child. I may or may not have taken it, but I had protection from those vaccines. So a vaccine, to me, something that protects you. And if what is pushed down our throats as a vaccine is protecting people, why do they still have to wear masks? Why do they still have to social distance? I can tell you what I'm anti-at. It is what I believe is an experimental gene therapy shot. That has to be followed by booster upon booster. That'll never end until we, the people, either say, A, stop this bus, I'm getting off, I've had enough of this BS. Or B, it's going to kill off a large number of the population. I have seen way too much evidence that the jab contains way too many foreign elements that turn the bodies of way too many people who receive it into a spike protein factory that eventually gets transferred or projected somehow onto unjabbed people. Yes, you guessed it. I'm not even ashamed to say it. I am not jabbed, and I won't be either, ever. I'm just way too cynical for knowing what I know. Plus, of course, my God is greater than anyone who can come against me. Can I get an amen on that? The argument, as far as I'm concerned, is over. The book is closed. Take your jab and shove it. I'm done. I've had this ugly bioweapon disease, whatever people feel comfortable calling it. To me, it was a very, very bad strain of influenza that got spiked with proteins supposed to infect my body and my DNA. Whoever created this so that they can make money out of it? Sorry, you lost. My God won. And that's all I'm going to say about this one. So let's move on to the Timothy scripture. This is a very important part of these three scriptures. So I want to read it again. Understand that the last days will be dangerous times. People will be selfish and love money. They will be the kind who brag and who are proud. They will slander others they will be disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, contrary and critical. They will be without self-control and brutal, and they won't love what is good. They will be people who are disloyal, reckless and conceited. They will love pleasure instead of loving God. Let's be honest. Knowing now what you know, what I believe to be true about COVID. Yes, we were surrounded by many people who had the jab over Thanksgiving and on a daily basis, but it was more so over Thanksgiving. And I believe I was bombarded with spike proteins. 
which simply made my, I have a compromised immune system because of fibromyalgia. So I believe all of these spike proteins were just, it became too much and my immune system went into overdrive and as a result, I got very sick. Does it mean that I am angry with people who had the jab that are around us and I want to blame them or be unloving or critical? Of course not. I'm not so petty-minded that I would allow what I know is the evil, sinister forces working in the dark to destroy the love I have for people, for others, especially the ones that are close to me. I understand that not all people can handle all things the same. And you know, at the end of the day, whatever people's choices are, to me, that's exactly what it is. Their choice. I respect that. My question is, why is it such a big deal that when it comes to my choice, I'm suddenly treated like a leper, made to feel that I'm a criminal who don't deserve a choice? What happened to reciprocal respect? Why do I get slandered, treated brutal, like an outcast? Can you relate to this? I know there are millions of people who can. Dangerous times indeed. But let me tell you this. God did not give us a spirit of fear. He gave us one that is powerful, loving and self-controlled. Go read that in 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. Does that mean I've never been scared in my life? Oh, hell no, darling. I am human, remember? I mean, picking up a rock and suddenly there's this scorpion with its stinger right at me. Yeah, I've been scared a few times in my life. I look death in the eye. I cannot say I've never been scared. But there's a difference between being scared and being filled with fear. And my point is, people are allowing themselves to fall victim by being conditioned to live in fear. That is what I'm seeing around me these days. And in all honesty, it is as if all common sense have left the planet. Am I the only one that thinks that? No, I'm not. I know I'm not. So all I can say about this is what I want to put out there is this. Please, please, please go do your own research first before you start throwing others with stones. Start asking questions. And if you cannot or will not, at least allow the people that you claim to love to make their own choices and then respect that. We've always done that pre-COVID. Why did it change? Where did this it's my way or the highway attitude come from? This, you know, if you're not vaccinated, you cannot shop here. You cannot get service here. You cannot travel freely. You cannot speak freely. You cannot choose freely. People are forcing their own choices on others. And if we refuse, boom, you are no longer loved. You are no longer a part of this family. Our friendship is over. Oh, you are unvaccinated. You're going to make me sick. Stay away from me. People choose to turn their backs on their own. It is unholy. It is unloving. It is selfish. It is disloyal, reckless and conceited. Do you see the division? Do you see the hatred? 
Are you seeing the prejudice yet? It's not normal, my lovelies. It is not normal. Pause as long as you need to. Take as many moments as you need to. But for heaven's sake, think. Use your common sense. People are being torn apart. Friendships are being destroyed. I beg you, stop and pray for guidance. Start finding your way back before you go too far down that path. If you want to get the jab, go have it. Sign up for the boosters. Do what you need to to feel safe. I will still love you. I will still pray for you. My choice not to do so is driven by my spiritual conviction. And it's definitely not because of a lack of knowledge, because I know what is in those shots. All I'm asking is don't hate and persecute me for it, especially when you say you love me. Because, you know, the reality is I need you to pray for me too. And this is becoming so heartbreaking for billions of people around the world. Here is the food for thought that I want to leave with you. Matthew 24 verses 6 to 14 says, You will hear about wars and reports of wars. Don't be alarmed. These things must happen. But this isn't the end yet. Nations and kingdoms will fight against each other. And there will be famines and earthquakes in all sorts of places. But all these things are just the beginning of the sufferings associated with the end. They will arrest you, abuse you, and they will kill you. All nations will hate you on account of my name. At that time, many will fall away. They will betray each other and hate each other. Many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because disobedience will expand, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be delivered. This gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the world as a testimony to all of the nations. And then the end will come. Does any of this sound familiar? Does it ring a bell yet? We're there. We're living in end times. Please go and chew on it. I recently also received a word from God that was for me. And I feel a need to share it. Because, you know, I don't want Hosea 4 to come eat me because I didn't share knowledge. I'm not taking any chances with not sharing anything. I, I don't feel that God is saying you should not share this with other people. So here's the word that I got from God. Prepare yourself to go into hiding for a short while. Be sure to mark the doorpost of the house you live in, for I will not be looking who may or may not be qualified in your household. I will be looking for the sign of my son's blood. That will be your entire household's protection. When I start ripping out the tent poles and bringing an end to the evil that has reigned too long unabated, nothing other than the mark of my son's blood will be your tent's stronghold. Take a small amount of pure olive oil and pray over it for the protection of my son's blood. Then go and paint the top of your doorpost with the mark as I have shown you. This mark will not be seen by anyone except me when the time comes. When I got this word, it reminded me of the Passover. 
where in biblical times people had to paint a mark on their doorposts and you know I've actually looked this up and the mark was like on both sides of the door and on the top. The mark that God showed me is not the same. It's all on the top of the doorpost. And you know you may ask me so what does this mean? I don't know. You know, sometimes God gives you something and then he doesn't elaborate. And, you know, nothing you can do is going to make him lay it out for you. Because if God gives me a new bicycle for Christmas and say to me, you know, I will steer you where you need to go. I still need to do my bit by pedaling. You know, God's not going to do everything. There's, there's a certain kind of responsibility that I have as a Christian, as a believer, and this is the responsibility. I'm trying to live up to that responsibility. And that's why I'm sharing this. My belief is that at some point in the near future, there may be an increase in the persecution of unjabbed people, given what I see happening around the world. And you know, to me, it doesn't matter because I know who holds my future. And my life is in God's hands. I know he protects my soul. My body, I don't care about because it's, it's going to die at some point. It's my soul. I would fight for my soul with everything I have because ultimately that's all I have. If you want to take this and make it yours, the mark God showed me looks like a capital H, except the three lines are separate, so they do not touch each other. The horizontal line is painted first from the left to the right. And it's stretched longer than what you see on a capital H. And the lines on the sides are shorter. So if you look at the capital H, it's almost as if it's switched around. And also the on the sides, it's not really drawing a line from top to bottom. It's more like taking your paintbrush and just simply push it into the wall. It's almost like putting a double colon, trying to put a double colon in, in one go instead of a line that you draw. That's the best way I can describe it. I try to replicate the sign on the episode image file. If you want to use that for reference, it's on the top of the door. And I want to reiterate again, I felt the need to share this. You can use it, don't use it. It's up to you. My doorpost and my family is covered. When God comes to take out the ten poles of the evil that is in this world, all I can tell you is that if you heard this today and you did not take action, you can never turn around and say, I didn't know, because I just told you. Let's close off in prayer. Dear Father God, we come before you just as we are. You have counted the number of hairs on our heads. You have called us by our names. Therefore, we are yours. Help us to remain positive in these treacherous times. Guide us to encourage, appreciate and love one another. I ask that you open our eyes that we may value and appreciate all people recognizing what we have in common rather than focusing on what our differences may be. Inspire us to distinguish between what is important and what is not and open our minds and hearts that we may always be people of good who will bring life and joy to others. 
tune our ears so that we may hear what you are really saying to us. Extend our horizons, Father. Widen our vision and remind us how interconnected we are as your sons and daughters. Strengthen us with the power of your Spirit. Breathe your Spirit into us so we may live more truly as brothers and sisters of one another. And all of his children said, Amen. As always, you can find all my podcasts on my website, paulajspeaks.com, and subscribe from there or from most major platforms where podcasts are listened to. You can contact me on info at paulajspeaks.com and something new. If you feel you want to donate to my podcasts to help me keep it running and flowing, you will be able to do so soon by simply buying me a coffee or a latte or, you know, I'm still thinking about names. So you will see this coming to my website very soon in the future as well. All right, so that's a wrap for this week, folks. Until next time, I'm signing off. Be safe, be awesome, be blessed, be you.